Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. Um, and we have no guest today. It's just Janet and I, and we're going to be talking about seed oils versus animal fats. And Steph, if you could put a banner on there um, saying seed oils versus animal fats, there you go. There's been a lot of talk lately about how bad seed oils are. And of course, we've been talking about animal fats for the last 30 years, 50 years maybe, about how bad animal fats are. So we're going to try to set the record straight. And um, Jen and I both have some opinions on it, and we're going to let our opinions be known. So um, for years, we were taught, I think this study came out in like the 50s, that saturated fats, which are mostly from animal fats, were bad for us, and they were causing us to have heart attacks. Not thinking very rationally when I was taught that in high school or elementary school, whenever it was, probably high school, junior high, I didn't realize, I didn't even think back about like, wait a minute, so what did our ancestors do? Our ancestors used animal fats, lard, which is essentially bacon grease, and they used butter, which is an uh, you know obviously an animal fat from dairy product, and they didn't have a lot of heart attacks back then. So why did we get such a bad rap? Give such a bad rap to saturated fats and animal fats? Well, now we're given a bad rap, and so everybody switched to vegetable oils. I remember in you know elementary school, um, my mom buying margarine because butter was bad for us. I remember vegetable oil because, you know, lard or bacon grease was bad for us. Well, now it's seed oils. So it's vegetable oils that are bad for us. So, um, Janet, tell us your opinion. You grew up on a dairy farm. You used a lot of butter along with your mom and dad who did that for generations probably. So tell us about your opinions about seed oils versus animal fats. So the first thing I want to say is I think you need to follow the money on this one um, because I view nature to be pretty good at producing things that we can assimilate in our body. Not everything, and I understand that. But um, so the opinion that my father had was um, don't buy that margarine anymore. Throw that out. That's not natural and that's not normal. And I, I agree with his statement because... Um, you know, if it came closer to what has been created with simple steps, I think that it's safer for us in moderation. Now, here's the term that my dad always used, in moderation. So it wasn't like you um, just consumed fat from butter all day long. Um, but you also need to keep in mind that... Um, when we have these big sways and how we're supposed to... Uh, you know, eat or not eat, there's probably something behind it. And whether it's somebody's lobbying, whether it's a big company or, you know, s some pharmaceutical group or something. So I'm always, the first thing is why. Um, so I'll get into the fact that I believe that fats are healthy for us because we went for hmm, 30, 40 years telling Americans, don't eat any fats. It's bad for you. Um, and eat the, all the carbs that you can because that's healthy for you. Um, 
And, and that was totally the extreme. So when I approach things with myself and my family and my own, I think there has to be a moderation. And I also think you have to consider the sources. Yes, I know there are many people out there, for example, that might have intolerances to foods um, such as dairy, um, you know, and, and I understand that. And so you're that person that maybe needs to have less of the moderation and maybe eliminate that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I do think that it has to be very individualized. Um, so uh, my opinion is probably a little bit different than what we're hearing out in the media right now. Yeah, um, you did grow up on a dairy farm, and you you tell us a story about when your mom first bought margarine because margarine was healthy yeah, in the eighties. Tell us that story. Yeah, I kind of told you that already. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, I said. Oh, my dad okay. Said, uh, right, yeah, that's we're, true. We're, we're gonna throw that away. I'm sorry, I missed that. it. I've heard that story so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I it kind of just went over went went over me. Yeah. Okay. No. And, but I, I will also say too, I mean, another story for me was, is I grew up on raw milk. I did not have milk from a carton. And so when I went to school, I thought whatever they were trying to serve me was something really gross and disgusting because it had a smell to it. It wasn't what we were seeing. And so, you know, I, I opted out and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I didn't, I didn't think it was right for my body to be assimilating something that smelled that way. So I feel like we do have to make personal decisions and choices. And um, I wouldn't today, I'm, I'm not running out and telling people that they have to eat or drink uh, from the raw, but I am saying that, you know, you need to make decisions personally, what works best for you. So let's talk about some of the seed oils specifically. We talked yep. about some of the animal fats, but let's talk about some of the seed oils that we cook with. Um, so corn oil, coconut oil, olive oil. Oh, what am I missing? Um, canola. Canola oil. Uh, sunflower. I don't think think you said that. No, I didn't. Um, there's probably others out there. Yep. So here's one of the issues that I think that you need to be careful of. First of all, I think what's the most important is what Janet said is just in moderation. Um, so one of the things about the seed oils is that, I mean, if you think about corn oil, you don't, I mean, look at a corn, look at corn kernels, look at the corn plant. You, you can't see that it's not high in fat. I mean, I mean, think about that. It's not high in fat. Unlike olives. I mean, olives are high in fat. Look at the nutritional value of an olive. And remember, oils are essentially fats. So it should be pretty easy to extract or relatively easy to extract fat out of an olive compared to a corn kernel. So in order to extract a oil out of corn, it, it is quite a process. And it's quite takes a lot of refining, a lot of heat. Um, so it's not at its raw source. I mean, corn is just not, if you think about it, just let's just be rational about it. I mean, corn is not a good source of healthy fats or fats at all. I mean, it's almost pure carbohydrates. So to try to get oil out of it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I'm not necessarily saying corn oil is bad, but there's probably some that are better. So olive oil, you can actually have cold-pressed olive oil because olives are high in fat. So it doesn't have to go through a lot of processing. And during that processing, a lot of things are, you know, nutritional value of anything that's in there is is ruined or, um, you know, like in when you have to have high, add a lot of heat to produce corn oil. So it's important that 
the less processing, the better. And to process olive oil, it takes a lot less processing. Janet? Right. So I think what we're trying, the point we're trying to make is that the closer it is that you don't have to continue to process something to extract something to get nutritional value, probably the better it is. Um, my personal opinion is I use all of the oils out there, but but here's how I use them. For example, um, I'm not frying in corn oil. I'm not frying even in olive oil. I, I use them for, you know, maybe so things aren't sticking. Um, but if I was going to choose, for example, um, salad dressing, what would I use? Well, obviously, olive oil seems more appealing to me just because nutritionally it and it also tastes better as far as I'm concerned because corn oil can actually kind of smell funny. If you ever smelled it, it smells funny to me. Um, but I think the argument that we're going down is that um, we made corn oil be this wonderful product. And I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm just saying that that's probably not my first choice. Um, and we're vilifying a product. But I think it comes down to how you're using those products. Well, yeah, let's talk about how we use them. So Jenna was talking about frying. You know, I, I imagine she's kind of talking about, you know, deep fat frying right. type things. Well, that's probably not a good thing to do anyway. Right. You're heating up an oil to a very, very high temperature, which can um, make it break down into bad things, right. um, oxidize, cause oxidation in our bodies, possibly. Um, and really, if you if you cook the right things and you cook a right the right balanced meal, you don't need a lot of to add a lot of stuff for um, for frying or um, you know if you look at vegetable oil, a lot of times what vegetable and help me out, Janet. A lot of times what vegetable oils are used for is a lot of baking, correct? Right. So in my house, if we were going to make something, for example, if you're making from a, a box, you know, if you're making waffles or muffins or even some cake mixes, um, you're not making them per se from scratch. I mean, I, I think we think we are, but we're really not when we're taking it from a box. And so the argument that I was giving my husband last night when we were discussing this uh, topic is... I think it's in combination of what we are using our fats with that is part of the problem because I don't think it's just the fats. I, uh, yes, I do think that there are better choices. And by all means, you're seeing that when coconut oils came out um, and, and different um, ways of baking. Um, but my argument was, is that because we think oils are causing all this inflammation and it's the inflammation that is causing the disease problems or the other things that are happening down in our bodies that, you know, arthritis, um, you know, gut issues, uh, cardiac issues. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I don't think there's one evil culprit. I think there's a combination of things coming together. And so my argument with this is we're using a lot of oils with pure sugars. Uh, processed sugars. So I'm going to throw processed food under the table um, as being the culprit versus just the oils. Yeah. And uh, although if you do look at that, um, you know, corn oil is pretty highly processed. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's a whole thing of we put them together with other things that aren't very healthy. And so when you put them together, 
you know, it's not just one thing that's causing all this inflammation. It's multiple things. That's my point. Yeah, and that's one of the things with the seed oils is because they they can cause oxidation. They can get oxidized at lower temperatures than animal fats. So, I mean, think about bacon grease or think about... Um, you know, butter, I mean, it can tolerate a very high temperature before it has a flashpoint, which usually that's when things start causing problems with oxidation and things like that. With vegetable oil, not so much. I don't know exactly off the top of my head what the flashpoints are, but it, it's not tolerant to heat as as like um, animal fats. So that's one of the problems in our bodies too is they're not as stable. So, And there's some talk about linoleic acid and how that causes problems with the with the uh, seed oils and things. I don't necessarily think it's necessarily that. I think like Janet says, I think it's a, a lot to do with moderation and what you're eating with those oils. So right. if you are deep frying in them, probably don't do that. Right. So so here here is where some of the storyline is going. People are like, why are you talking about this? Well, so now we have this controversy of um, omega- Three and omega six and all these oils that are supposed to be healthy or not healthy for you. And um, again, we were talking about this last night. And what my opinion was is that I'm not going to vilify omega six and just say only omega three is good because I believe they both are good for us. I think again, it comes down to the omegas on an oil chain and consumption comes down to moderation. It comes down to a healthy balance and that comes down to eating raw foods and healthy foods. And and there's some thought out there that if you eat too much of processed seed oils, then you have an unhealthy balance of omega-6 to omega-3s, which is inflammatory. I don't know if I necessarily buy that. I mean, if you... It, you know, if you think about, there, there's not a specific ratio that our body, you know, a specific black and white number that our body is made to, to, um, you know, work the best when it comes to omega six versus omega three balance. Um, so, but there again, I think if you just eat raw whole foods right. and stick with that, your body is going to do what is necessary to make your omega six and omega three ratio good, whatever that number is. Yeah. So um, we're throwing out three, six, and there's omega nine, right? Um, basically, it's just chemistry part of where the chains are on the fat. And um, so, when you look at nature, foods like salmon are rich in omega six. Um, you also have other foods that have oils that you know nuts, for example, walnuts, uh, sunflower seeds. Um, are healthy um, or, or sources of omega-6. Um, again, I think it's what source you took it from. The less processed, the better. Because, you know, people have for centuries been eating nuts. For centuries, we've been eating fish. For centuries, we you know, and I just think it's a balanced thing and how we are processing things. Um, the fresher the fish, obviously, I think the better the choice. And I know that when you start looking at the nutritional value of some of these things that uh, we have one colleague in particular that actually sells a skin product that has omega-6 and it, he sells it and uses it for healing skin and, and hydrating skin. He uses it on skin that has irritations um, and, and the healing process of it. So I don't want to vilify omega-6. I, I, I think there's 
I think there's a value to it. And I just think when we start seeing things go out there in our media and going across the news and the flash that I just don't want this to be the next thing that, oh, we got to get rid of all this. And then we have consequences because we weren't thinking rationally about maybe it's called a balance where and where we get the source of the nutrient and how much we consume of it. So let's talk about, we, we talk a lot about, you know, generations ago, what happened. Did we have corn oil generations ago? Well, you did have some oil if you consumed some from corn, but how much would it have been, right? It would have been probably, in, in my answers, you would have probably put butter on it from your cow, right? So I agree with that statement. I do. It's very little. Yeah, we would have had, if any, I, I right. think the process of making corn oil is, you right. know, a little over a century old. So you got to think that, you know, five, six, seven generations ago, we didn't have corn oil. So what was the main source of, of, uh, animal of fat was animal right. fat of oil was animal fat. Oh. And most of those fats, if you look, this is one of the things about, about oils versus animal fats is if you think about animal fats, most are solid at room temperature. Right. Or all, I'm going to venture to get all are solid. Yeah, yeah, all are solid at room temperature. So that makes them more stable um, to heat and also um, so more more stable to break down of oxidation too, which can cause um, you know inflammation in your body. So that's another reason why the seed oils are looked at as being not as good as animal fats. In my opinion, there again, I'm not vilifying them totally. It's just that they're, you know, they're probably not the best thing um, compared to animal fats. And you just need to use them in very, very moderation. That, and well, specifically the corn oil. Right. Uh, I, I think corn oil is the, the place. But, you know, let's remember you talked about olive oil. And olive oil has been used for centuries. Yep. And a huge population, you know, that, you know, if you look at the world, how long we've been actually pressing olives, um, I have to say that, you know, there's some huge value to that. Now we've probably processed it past the point that that's perfect either. But my opinion, if I, if I was going to counsel somebody about, you know, elimination, of course, whatever your body does not tolerate, definitely eliminate it. Mm -hmm. But it's how you are ingesting certain oils that I think is really important. I don't, I don't bake very much in our house. So if we occasionally use some, some, canola oil or or um, if I ended up using corn oil, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blink because that's not our basic diet. But if you started eating foods and reading the back of the package of the processed, my point is is that it's it's full of things and it's not just full of that. It's full of other things. It's full of preservatives, dyes, it's full of sugar, it's full, you know, so you put a whole bunch together in one little package that is more of a bomb than just occasional use is my point. Well, and let's just put it this way. If if you are making something and you're reading the directions on the back and it says to put a cup of oil, vegetable oil in it, um, probably stay away and just don't make that, Yeah, <laughs> you know, or very, very yeah, infrequently. Yeah, it's usually, it's actually usually about a third. But my point is too, is that you're putting other things in it. So uh, healthier choices is probably the smartest thing to do. 
And Janet talked about how old olive oil is. And, and maybe that, that's one of the best things to do with, with a food, I believe, is how long has it been around? Right. So how long has corn oil been around? How long has safflower oil or sunflower oil been around? Right. Probably only a little over 100 years. How long has olive oil been around? Thousands of years. Right. How long has lard from animal fat, from pork, been around? Thousands of years. How, how long has butter been around? Thousands of years. And it didn't cause a whole bunch of disease and kill our entire population. So if you just think rationally about it, if it's been around that long, it's probably okay. Yeah. As long as we're using it properly. Like, I don't fry foods at my house. I have a thing called an air fryer. And um, broke down. The kids talked to me and I thought, oh, they're teenagers and they're going to be cooking at home alone. And I'm like, it has a timer. But you don't put any if anything in it and you get great food. So if fries in the air, I mean, there's, there's, I guess my point with that is, as if you're cooking at home, there are choices. Obviously if you're traveling, you have to make different choices, but I think the whole way to solve this is just don't be dependent on one problem area, you know, get away from the junk of processed. Yeah, for sure. Steph, it looks like we have a comment. Can you show that comment on the screen, please? Oh, one of our fans, Laura. Hi, Laura. How are you? So, lard, bacon, grease tastes way better than corn or vegetable oil. When absolutely it does for sure, and we've it been using it. Too. It smells better. It's more stable. Um, we've been using it for thousands of years. So, I believe lard is okay to cook in. Janet, tell us the story about um, what your mom would eat for dinner. What your mom oh. would eat for lunch sometimes at school. Oh, so my my parents. Uh, grew up during the depression and she was one of 15 children and so when it came to lunch and you didn't have a lot of options grandma would send bread and lard so they would have sandwiches with lard from salt pork and yeah. you know not that I'm saying that I'm jumping on that bandwagon but um, my mother's family and her um, ancestry they live quite a long time. Your mom's still alive. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> and obviously they worked and, and they had other things going for them, but you know, um, that was a staple at their house. Yeah. And one thing about animal fats, um, or fats in general, but you know, we already discussed the difference between animal fats and seed oils. But one thing about them is that they're really concentrated in calories. Right. So when calories are at a premium, i.e. you lack calories, which most of us don't in America anymore. But in the Depression, when you were poor, um, animal fats were a very good source of calories to keep you going because there's a lot of calories it they're very calm they're very um, nutritionally they're very calorically dense. you know each gram of fat, has nine calories, whereas carbohydrates and protein have about three point five to four. So they're they're more than two times as um, calorically rich as carbohydrates and um, uh, proteins. And one thing about fats also is that they they are very satisfying. They 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 cause satiety, so they will make you feel full, just like protein does too. Right. Unlike unlike vegetable, uh, unlike carbohydrates, that's usually not the case. Well, I we vilified. A, a food group for a purpose, I think. And there again, it's called follow the money. But if you think about this, our tissue requires fat. 
either we make it or we consume it. We need fat for our um, our brain. We need fat for our skin. So there's there's you know you can't. It's moderation. It's choices, how much, and being aware of how much you're consuming. That's the big thing. And I personally, if I ate at McDonald's and went through that line, I think I'd be paying within 30 minutes to an hour. I don't choose to use anything that they, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like it when I had ate it, but I've been away from it for so long that I'm like, Ugh, I can't go back and the smell bothers me. But my point is, is that wasn't healthy for me. And I knew it because I ended up paying for it shortly thereafter. So why do that again? Why make that choice again? Right, right. And another thing on animal fat. So Janet was talking about the, you know, the benefits of fats. I know we vilified fats over the last fifty years, but um, the benefits of fat, especially animal fat, is think about it this way. So every every cell in our body needs fat. Yeah. And if if we don't, and if you think about it, the fats we get from animals are closer to the fats that we need than you get from a plant. Um, and just a lot more concentrated. It's same thing as protein. Uh, this is kind of a, not on this subject, but the same thing as protein. That there, there is no better source of protein than meat. And I will argue with every vegan in, until I am blue in the face. I mean, you know, literally when we eat meat, whether it be beef, whether it be chicken, or whether it be um, pork, or whether it be fish, you are literally eating the muscle of of that animal. That is literally what it is. That's the that's the protein source. Well, plants don't have muscles. So the proteins lack there are there are amino acids that are lacked in plants that you don't get unless you eat meat. Um, I'm a big believer in red meat because you get the you know you get a lot more iron in red meat than you do in um, some of the other meats. Although pork's not too bad, chicken's just not really that great when it comes to um, as much nutritional value when it comes to iron. So, um, yeah, there we go. What do you want to add to this, Janet? Well, I, I, what I want to play is devil's advocate on this because I, I really think that in the last few years we've went through this gamut and maybe it's even decades where we vilify something and then we come like, oh, well, it, it wasn't, eggs really weren't that bad for you. And again, maybe for you and one particular group of people, it could be, but make those personal decisions and choices on your own discovery and research and just realize that the closer something is to nature, it's better for you um, versus what you bought in a box or in a, you know, convenience situation. So, yeah, it looks like our, our fan, Laura has another question. Let's go ahead and answer her question. Steph, if you can put it up there. I believe that if your great, great grandparents wouldn't serve it on the dinner table, we shouldn't be eating it. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just a lot of truth to that. Um, there is so much truth to that. If our ancestors didn't eat it, then you know we probably shouldn't be eating it. A simple one, even more than that, because sometimes we, it might be hard for us to decide what did our grand great great grandparents eat. A simple a simple rule is if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. And that's just a pretty simple rule um, because the, you know there's a lot to be said about that. That basically means it's not processed and it and it won't and it doesn't come out of a box. So. So as we wrap this podcast up, um, I just want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for tuning in to our podcast. Our podcast is ever-growing. 
um, our YouTube channel has really taken off. We have we are getting thousands and thousands and thousands of views a day now, and I'm super excited about that because as you guys know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And part of that is, you know, knowing what to eat, knowing what when to sleep, knowing exercise, um, and you know that's that's our goal. And we we've had that goal for over twenty three years at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. And this podcast has helped us expand all over the world, educating people. And so I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited about our growth. Um, stay tuned for more episodes. Speaking of diets. Um, Thursday, we have Dr. Jay Wrigley. We don't know the time yet because it was going to be 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, but we're working on that last-minute schedule to accommodate his schedule. So Thursday, tune in for the Hormone Optimization Diet. Yes, it's important what you eat to optimize your hormones. Um, Here's a tip. Fats are good. Hormones come from cholesterol. Just saying. How much fat? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm always going to be annoying that way. <laughs> so tune in Thursday. Stay tuned for the time. It'll be on my my um, my personal Facebook page. Although we can't stream live on Facebook. So no, it won't be there. I'm sorry. It'll be on YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn because Facebook has censored us. So we can't stream live there. Um, but go go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube channel and you can see it live there. You don't want to miss out. So thank you for tuning in today. Thanks for the questions, uh, Laura. We appreciate you. Um, you've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We'll see you Thursday. 